the Apollo Podcast Network. All right, welcome to Cash Landing. Uh, my name is Ben, here joined as always by my highly esteemed, highly favored co-host Aaron. Uh, we're going to be going over the week nine <laughs> NFL DFS slate. I got the weeks wrong uh, earlier, but I know that it is week nine now. Uh, before we go over this fantasy slate for 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 this week, we're going to go ahead and quickly recap our, our week eight bets and how our week eight uh, daily fantasy stuff went. So I'm going to throw it over to Aaron for that. Aaron, uh, how you doing? How'd your how'd your week eight go? Yeah, man, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, week eight, week eight was good, not great. I'm still waiting for us to hit that big tournament win, that big uh, DFS win. We, uh, you know, I've been treading water in cash. I've been min cashing some tournaments here and there, but we're still waiting for the big one. But uh, betting wise, you know, it was another solid week of betting for me. I I profited two hundred and forty five dollars last week, but the way I did it was pretty unfortunate. Ben, I don't know if you remember last week's pod, but I did my long shot parlay with the Raiders and the Broncos. And my reasoning was this feels like one of those weeks where Anthony Lynn ruins Aaron Sunday by w- losing a game he should win. And well, I mean, they lost in absolutely classic chargers fashion, but that's part of the reason why I put the Broncos in my long shot parlay. So I hit that for a big win. And then I also, uh, we disagreed on the Bengals Titans game and I was on the right side of the Bengals line. So yeah, another profiting week for me and bets. And uh, as a podcast, Ben, we have won four straight weeks in a row. We've profited, so that's pretty good. Yeah, at this point, I'm 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 no longer satisfied with profiting. We're, I'm trying to <laughs> keep trying to hit the home run, but uh, my my DFS week was not very good. I have also been sort of treading water, min cashing a lot of tournaments. I I probably built up about four times my initial starting amount, and then. Uh, last week I didn't cash my cash because I had no Dalvin cook, uh, pretty upset that I, I wasn't on the Dalvin cook week. I know both me and you are pretty high on Dalvin cook. You even more so than me. Um, as far as my bets went, I cashed $138 in profit. Um, both Aaron and I lost that, that, that teaser on the bears, which was just rough. And actually we lost it in two legs, didn't we? Cause the, the Buccaneers didn't, didn't end up covering the spread regardless, but well, yeah, we pushed the total, the total actually it landed right on the 49. So that was a push. So if the Buccaneers would have just covered it, then we would have been fine. But the, the Giants scored a touchdown with like 30 seconds left that cost us that push on the teaser. Yeah, it's rough. Um, so, I mean, you know, we, that, the one time we were both fairly confident in a pick, of course, it doesn't cash. But regardless, we, we did both still profit. Um, I thought that the Colts minus three against the Lions was pretty much free money, and it ended up being free money. And then um, my four-leg teaser all, also almost hit, but Aaron was right. I was wrong about the Titans. Um, additionally, I was right about the, the Ravens and Steelers game. Uh, I thought the Steelers were going to win that one, and they did, and... Uh, they were not the favorites on the Bavada line that week, which is surprising to me, but regardless. Yeah, that was the other game we were on the opposite side of. And uh, I mean, I'm not going to lie, watching the game, you know, the Ravens felt like the better team for the majority of that game. But when it came down to crunch time, you know, Lamar had a couple of crucial turnovers and the Steelers offense was able to come up with some big plays. So that was just another classic Tomlin win in a big spot. But yeah, props to you for being on the right side of that game. We both had another profitable week but yeah i'm about ready to hop into this dfs slate where we're not going to miss any of these dalvin cook 40 burgers anymore we're going to be a lot more careful going forward about making sure we like focus in on these tournament plays understand the ownership better get you guys some good leverage plays because we're not looking for min caches here we want we want uh some of our listeners to be at the top of these tournaments yeah, for sure. Uh, if if you really like that, uh, if you really like how the Ravens looked last week, you're gonna like some of my bets this week. But <clears throat> we can go ahead and get it. We can get into that later. We can go ahead and start with quarterbacks for this week. Um, uh, it seems like there's a crop of quarterbacks that we think are going to be pretty chalky, and then we have our tournament options. So I'm gonna go ahead and let you start off with quarterback. Yeah. So this is you know obviously we don't know all the ownerships until the lineups lock on Sunday, but. What we're looking at here is I think there's going to be four quarterbacks that take most of the ownership in cash and in tournaments. I think Mahomes is going to get his usual, you know, cut of the ownership. I think Deshaun Watson is going to be pretty chalky, rightfully so. Same with Justin Herbert. 
And then I do feel like a lot of casual DFS players will gravitate towards Ben Roethlisberger just uh, because of the matchup with Dallas and Jerry World there. So of those four guys, Ben, I'm curious, are you really eager to play any of them, even though they have high ownership? And if are there any of those four guys where you're kind of just going to cross off and say they're going to be too highly owned? I think I'm better off uh, going elsewhere. Yeah, I have no problem eating the chalk on Deshaun and Herbert specifically. I think both of those guys are are pretty good plays. Um, <clears throat> and especially because they're with NFL DFS, I mean, even in cash games, the chalkiest quarterback is usually 30% owned max. People generally sort of diversify unless it's just a ridiculous value of which, you know, none of these guys are. They're all pretty high priced. But uh, if I wanted, if I had to fade one, if I had to pick one to fade, it would definitely be, be Big Ben. I could just see that game script not working in his favor at all. I, th- I actually, I think James Conner gets a, gets a ton of burn in this game if they're ahead or behind. I think it's it's more of a James Conner week than a Big Ben week for sure. Yeah, so, I mean, that was actually exactly what I enlisted here, too. I think, you know, when we talk about cash games, we talk about fading the chalk. We You don't really want to fade the chalk in cash games. There's absolutely no reason not to go chalky at every position in cash, but, you know, we're trying to get big tournament wins. And, yeah, I mean, if Big Ben is going to be, you know, in that 15 to 20-plus percent owned in tournaments this week, I think you're better off just trying to, you know, go elsewhere at quarterback because I do agree with Ben on the game script worries. And just in general, you know, it's just a game with a low total, so the upside might not be there. But, yeah, I do agree with Ben on Herbert. I think he's a good play. And, uh, yeah, especially Deshaun Watson, who, Ben, uh, I know you like Deshaun this week. I'll let you start off with him here at the top on some of the reasons why you like him this week. Yeah, so Deshaun Watson is only is $7,100, which is a full 1000 less than Patrick Mahomes. Um we already saw him play against the Jaguars earlier and we saw him play against the Jaguars with his current interim head coach, which is actually pretty important because this team with under Lil Romeo Cornell is significantly different than it was under Bill O'Brien. Everybody seems to be playing with a lot more intensity and they almost seem to actually be having fun out there, which as a former Texans fan, I really haven't seen in 10 years. Um, the only real potential problem I see here comes from the Jaguars quarterback position where you know, I mean, there's a chance that the Jaguars offense is a mess and they can't put up points. But I also doubt that, um, you know, I don't think Gardner Minshew was really the cog that made that offense run. So, uh, you know, the Jaguars should put up points. The Texans should be airing it out all week. And we saw Deshaun put up a 30 burger uh, against them last time. So he's definitely in a good position to do it again. Yeah, I agree with you. Everything you said there, you know, we talked about it last time. The big thing with Deshaun Watson is, in matchups where he has time to throw, where the offensive line can actually give him some time to find his weapons down the field, he's going to have a good day. And we know the Jacksonville Jaguars don't get pressure on the opposing quarterback. So that's kind of the main reason why I'm also in on Deshaun Watson this week in all formats. Um, one guy who is $1,000 less, who I like for tournaments, not near as much as Deshaun Watson for cash, but I think it might be a good week to hop back on the Josh Allen bandwagon in tournaments. Um, he's been pretty cold lately. And it's certainly been concerning just eye test watching at least because it just hasn't looked like the same guy that we saw in the first four weeks of the season. But I don't think that guy is lost forever. I think he's still in there. And he's got a matchup here with the Seahawks. The total here is 55, which is, I think, the highest total on the board. He's going to be going up against Russell Wilson. So we know Josh Allen is going to have to put up points here at home to keep up with Russell Wilson. I just think he could be in for a bounce back spot and in tournaments you could be planning against some people who are just looking at his game log, seeing that he's pretty cold lately. And this could be a nice spot to get an ex well, I mean, it is an expensive Josh Allen, but I think he could get, you know, single digit ownership uh, against a talented quarterback against the Seahawks. So I don't hate the Josh Allen play this week, but I should just be asking you, Ben, because you, you're the Bills guy. So you have a good feel for uh, your quarterback this week. Josh Allen is my boy, and I am fully aboard this Josh Allen tournament wagon for sure. Um, I think I'm actually probably going to be running out a full Bills stack, which we'll get to later in at least one tournament. Um, Josh Allen, I mean, you, you are totally correct in your assessment. He's been cold. He hasn't been the same guy that he looked like in the first four weeks of the season where it looked like he was really turning a corner in his development. But even a bad Josh Allen is a weapon with his legs and i mean we've we saw you know the bad josh allen of old put up 45 fantasy points before uh he's been playing in awful weather lately he's been playing against some good defenses outside of the new york jets but i'm you know i sort of expected that to be a letdown game um so i'm definitely targeting 
this as the Josh Allen bounce back week. The Seahawks secondary is just really bad. They are getting Jamal Adams back, which is which is worrisome. I expect this game to be high scoring. I expect the Buffalo air attack to be a lot better than the Buffalo ground game, though. And for that reason, I think Josh Allen at seven grand is is actually like a pretty good tournament play. Yeah, we're in agreement there. I mean, while Jamal Adams is back, that might be a little bit of concern, but he hasn't played in a while. And yeah, I mean, they they are just going to have to throw. A, because they're just not that great of a running team, and B, they're going to have to keep up with Russell Wilson and the Seahawks offense, so they will have to throw the ball. So, yeah, we both like Allen there. Um, another guy I want to note who is just too cheap this week, in my opinion, and that's going to be Derek Carr, quarterback of the Raiders at 5,700. Uh, look, the Chargers, uh, they like to do this super fun and awesome thing where they get up by a bunch of points and then turn around and let the other team score a bunch of points to get back in the game and potentially win. So I think that uh, that kind of ritual there for the Chargers could turn out nicely for Carr and his owners this week. So Carr has flashed a little bit of a ceiling this year that we're not used to, and I think he can keep up with Justin Herbert here in what should be a high-scoring game. It's important to note that Casey Hayward, he seems like he has a chance to not play, not really injury-related, but I don't know if Anthony Lynn is losing the locker room or what's going on, but it was, first it was Desmond King who immediately got traded, now Casey Hayward didn't practice for undisclosed reasons, so that's weird. On top of that, Joey Bosa's not going to play. So, you know, the Chargers pass rush that can be pretty lethal at times might not be an issue this week for Derek Carr. So, yeah, he's going to have time to pick apart this secondary, I think. And 5,700 for a quarterback that could be in a shootout here, I think that's a decent option in tournaments. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think for all those reasons that you mentioned, that is that is certainly – a good play and the the Raiders offense has actually impressed me a little bit and their their passing game specifically has impressed me a little bit this year but um you know I, I don't hate Carr especially as a tournament flyer a Raiders stack would be ridiculously low owned um so you know that's always an option yeah so you mentioned that uh I know we only mentioned a couple quarterbacks here but we've got a new segment that we're going to hit on at the very end where we'll give you a couple more stacks and a couple more quarterback plays so just hang on till after tight end and we'll get to those but uh you want to hop over to running back for now? Yep, let's go ahead and go into running back. I'll let you uh, lead it off. Lead it off with the big news. <laughs> have, the big you, have, news. You, have you heard the good news? Has everyone heard the news? Uh, Christian McCaffrey, he's back this week. So everyone who drafted him first overall, and you've just been suffering these first eight weeks of the season, uh, this is your week. You know Your number one pick is back. He's back to save your season-long teams. And he's back for us to start jamming into our DFS lineups. But uh, yeah, so this week, this is his first week back. There have been some coaches' comments indicating that he might not be getting his usual full Christian McCaffrey workload. Don't want to read into that too much, even though it wouldn't surprise me if Mike Davis is still a little involved. But yeah, so I think basically we have our Patrick Mahomes disclaimer, which is he's a good play every single week, but you know he's obviously going to be expensive. I think you can put that exact same disclaimer on Christian McCaffrey, in my opinion. And at $8,500 coming fresh off the injury, this isn't a week where I'm going to be jamming Christian McCaffrey into my lineups. I like other options more. But, uh, you know, he's got that disclaimer where you can always play him. I don't know how you feel about McCaffrey in his first week back then. Yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely not playing McCaffrey in the first week back. I mean, the thing about Christian McCaffrey is that you're never going to surprise people by putting him in your lineup. It's not like you're ever playing him as a value play. And so if he shows it this week and he comes back next week and he's 10 grand the way that he always is and he should be, it's not like you're missing out on anything. You're you're either going to play the $10,000 Christian McCaffrey because you can or you're not because you're trying to win the tournament. There's there's no in between there. And so I don't feel the need to get tricky with my, you know, is Christian McCaffrey going to get 40 touches in his first game back? I, I'm just not going to worry about it this week because 8,500 is a lot for a guy who might not you know, be getting his, his full workload. And if he's, if he shows it to me this week, then maybe I'll take him next week, but I'm, I'm just going to act like he's not on the slate for this week. Yeah. I think that's a fair way to approach it this week. And one reason why I'm not afraid to fade Christian McCaffrey this week is because we've got Dalvin cook at 8,200, which is very expensive. Look, Ben talks about it at the top. We were both very disappointed that we weren't on Dalvin cook last week. Uh, he was questionable at the time we recorded the pod and then we kind of just overlooked him because of that. But, man, he really made us pay for uh, having no Dalvin Cook last week. But I think this week, while people are going to be seeing the 50-burger last week, they're going to be all over him. I do still think he's a pretty good cash game option to build around this week because it is a nice matchup versus Detroit. 
we know that the Vikings are going to force feed Dalvin Cook the ball just like they did last week in their big win. So, yeah, I mean, I do like Dalvin Cook in tournaments, but or I do like Dalvin Cook in cash this week, but we're not going to be able to sneak up on him with uh, anyone this week like we should have done last week. Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, I think that's good. I got really nothing to offer there. I will say that these next two guys that we're about to get into are are my bell cow tournament running backs. I think one of these two or maybe even both of these guys are going to win you a tournament this week. Um, and that's going to be James Conner at, at 6,900 for me. I'm fairly confident that this is just going to be an absolute Connor blow up, nuke the NFL week, like barring some sort of in-game injury. Um, the Cowboys defense has just been horrible. Even eye test, they, it just looks like they can't stop the run at all, which makes sense considering how many linebackers they have hurt. Um, I, James Connor is just going to get a bunch of work no matter how the game script turns out. If they're passing the ball, he'll probably be catching passes. And if they're running the ball, it's all going to him, you know, with maybe the, the odd carry or two going to Benny Snell. But I see no way he goes under 15 points, so I'm I'm fairly confident even in cash, and I think his ceiling's more around 35 for this week. So uh, James Conner, 6900, it's a pretty hefty price tag, but I think he gets it done this week for sure. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you there. I'm not going to be surprised at all if it's just a James Conner week for the Steelers' offense. Um, one guy right below him at 6800 that I really like this week is going to be Chase Edmonds. Um, you know, we glossed over James Robinson a little bit, who I do like also. But I think Chase Edmonds will probably come in at a little lower ownership than James Robinson will. And look, Chase Edmonds, if you're not familiar with him, you know, he's going to be the guy filling in for Kenyon Drake this week in the Cardinals offense. Uh, Chase Edmonds is a stud. I mean, he is, eye test wise, he's been better than Kenyon Drake for pretty much this entire year. He's a good runner. He's a really good pass catcher out of the backfield. Uh, the Dolphins defense has really improved, but that's mostly in the passing game. This Dolphins defense is still 32nd, dead last in DVOA versus the run. Chase Evans is going to be free this week. People aren't really going to know what this guy's about. They're going to think that's too much for a you know a backup running back, but this guy is not a backup running back. He is very, very explosive, and I really like this matchup this week. I think he's going to get a lot of usage, so I think he could be a really good leverage play if most of the ownership is going towards James Conner and uh, James Robinson in this range, so... I'm going to be having a lot of Chase Evans this week. Yeah, yeah, I have I have no argument here other than I don't expect ownership to go more towards Connor than Edmonds. I think Edmonds is actually going to be pretty chalky this week, but um I all of your points are still very valid and I think Edmonds is a great play. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um next guy here is going to be Josh Jacobs, but I'm not sure if you're in on Jacobs this week. I know you are pretty often, but uh you know, he's got a matchup versus the pretty shaky Chargers run D this week. I already mentioned the Chargers defense is going to be without Bosa, might be without Casey Hayward. So that should just lead to the Raiders being able to move the ball more successfully in general. And look, Josh Jacobs, you know, he had 31 carries last week in the win game. So he should be in for a lot of carries again this week. He's due for some touchdowns, hasn't been in the end zone in a while. So are you in on Jacobs this week? Uh, I wouldn't say it's a bad play at all. I, I definitely like the the two guys we named above and then some other names that we're going to get to a little more. I wouldn't be surprised if Jacobs makes his way into a tournament lineup or two of mine. 6,300 is like right at the price where sometimes I'll have my whole lineup set up and then it just it fits in perfectly into my flex slot like that. But I'm not going to build a lineup around him this week. If, he, if, he, if he's in there, that's fine. I He's just... Again, I mean, we, we mentioned it, I think, last pod. It was just I didn't expect Jacobs to be so boomer bust this year. I thought he was going to be like one of the most consistent contributors in the running back position, and that's just not what he's been. Yeah, I agree with you there. I wasn't expecting that either. But I do think it is a pretty good tournament spot just because, you know, we saw James Robinson explode for 30 recently against this Chargers run defense. And if Jacobs falls into the end zone like he, we expected him to do throughout most of the year, he could, you know, be the Dalvin Cook of this week and potentially just be the guy that goes overlooked and then goes out and wins some people a tournament. So, you know, we're obviously not saying that will happen, but keep your eye on Jacobs and don't just completely overlook him this week because the Chargers defense can be had certainly on the ground. Yeah, and if if Josh Jacobs is my guy, Antonio Gibson is your guy. I think you've mentioned him just as much as I've mentioned Jacobs this year. Um, I I don't think I'm fully in this week, but go, I mean, I'll, I'll certainly let you go ahead and try and convince me. Yeah, I'm st- I'm still not all in, but I think he's definitely worth mentioning just here because of the price. Look, he's he has slowly been freed more and more by the football team and their offensive attack. Um, 
He had 20 carries last week, which is great. But at the same time, he didn't have the volume in the passing game that we like. It's still been a lot of J.D. McKissick in the passing game, which is very frustrating because, you know, while McKissick is a decent back out of the backfield, that's where Gibson, you know, really specialized in college. And we've seen him be pretty explosive. So, and that's the thing here. The matchup with the Giants is really favorable in the fact that the Giants give up a lot of catches out of the backfield to opposing running backs. So if it's going to be Gibson getting some of those catches out of the backfield, that would be great, but I'm still a little afraid of McKissick. But, you know, at 5,800, I do think it's worth a tournament flyer because he got the 20 carries last week, which means he's been on the field quite a bit. So if that usage can also lend itself a little more in the passing game, uh, I'm not afraid to take a shot here with Antonio Gibson, who has uh, gotten some touchdowns recently also. Yeah, uh, I have I have almost no read on this football game, Giants game, or um, football game, football team, Giants game. Um, it's just very hard for me to to predict what's going to happen in this game, mostly because the NFC East is just an absolute garbage pile that I don't like watching anymore. But um, I I'm I'm gonna fade. I I appreciate. I, I certainly appreciate the pick. I like the next guy so much more and and so much safer. This uh, this is so much more of a cash game running back to me. Yeah, well, I'll let you uh, go ahead and take him then. Yeah, so so Justin, I mean, this is Aaron's boy, so I was, I was trying to let him take his charger, but I guess he'll okay. just throw it over to me. Uh, Justin Jackson is going to be 4900 which is almost a full thousand dollars less than Antonio Gibson. Um, Troy Main Pope got like a ridiculous amount of work last week, which, you know, I, I remember last year we saw Troy Main, Troy, Main, uh, Troy Main Pope get some touches out of the backfield, and I was, you know dumbfounded as to who this man was but now i know who he is and he's actually a decent back but he is doubtful it doesn't look like he's gonna play so it, it's justin jackson's backfield he had 17 carries and five targets last week even with troy man pope getting all that work so you know the raiders defense is not very good against the run justin jackson is cheap he's gonna get all the work and he's he's pretty cheap so um i think he'll be chalky but i i think i'm locking him into most of my lineups anyways yeah, I mean, I want to be a little careful there because, you know, you said all the work. Uh, Josh Kelly's still involved. You know, Josh Kelly will certainly still be on the field getting carries. But Justin Jackson, you know, will be getting more usage. He'll have more snaps. So he will be the primary back, but, you know, he won't get every single touch. But, man, if he can just fall into the end zone, that is what we need out of Justin Jackson because, you know, Justin Herbert has just been so ridiculous overall. He's been really good at, you know, deep balls. The Chargers haven't even been needing to get into the red zone. And then when they get in the red zone, uh, Justin Herbert's been ridiculously efficient there as well. So it's just whether or not the Chargers are ever going to score a rushing touchdown. And if so, I think there's a pretty good chance that rushing touchdown will go to Justin Jackson. So $4,900 this week, I do think it's worth a shot. I think he's pretty safe for cash if you have $4,900 to spend. And then tournament-wise, I do think the upside is there. And it might be a pretty good leverage play because – I know the Chargers passing attack should be pretty chalky this week. So if you want to play a different passing attack for your tournament lineup and then run it back with Justin Jackson to have exposure to that high scoring game, uh, I don't hate that strategy at all in tournaments. What's the what's that stat on the Chargers this year? They're like eighth in offensive DOA, DVOA and fifth in defensive DVOA. And yeah, so they're horrible just because of their special teams. Yeah, so there's eight teams in the NFL right now that are top 15 in offensive and defensive DVOA. And one of those eight teams is the Chargers. But the rest of those teams are, you know, like top 10 in overall DVOA. Yet the Chargers are 19th overall because of their 32nd ranked uh, special teams DVOA, which is which is just classic Chargers, man. I mean, I ran a lot about the Chargers on the show, but honestly, it is it's well deserved. And uh, <laughs> anyone else that knows what the Chargers do, they would understand why I have these meltdowns every single week. But yeah, Ben, I don't know. I didn't even really talk to you after the game last week, but last week's loss really got to me. Like I was upset for hours, which is very unusual <laughs> for me after a Chargers loss. Usually, I can just be upset for like 30 minutes and then chalk it up to a classic chargers. But I was very upset last week. Uh, but yeah, anyway, I, dude, that's I, my I bet. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not mad at it. I mean, the, the, the point I wanted to bring up here is that, you know, you can capitalize on that in fantasy because the offense is productive and people are scoring touchdowns and they're getting yards. And, but the team image is, is such that people are reluctant to get the chargers because they know that the team is bad. And, uh, for that reason, I mean, aside from Herbert and Allen and the people who have been absolutely lighting the world on world on fire, I think you can get people like Justin Jackson at an ownership discount was sort of my point. Um, and speaking of all that, the Miami Dolphins 
are a good team this year, suddenly. And I, I don't think enough people believe, but I, I've seen the way that offensive line is played. It is so dramatically improved from last year. Miles Gaskin has gone on the on the IR. They need somebody to carry the ball and catch passes out of the backfield. And Jordan Howard is out there for $4,000, the, the base price for a running back. Miles Gaskin was my favorite play to throw into cash because uh, he was usually cheap and you knew he was going to get the workload. Somebody's going to be picking up all of these carries and targets. The Dolphins are a fine running team. They have a good matchup this week against Arizona. So even if Jordan Howard gets absolutely nothing in the air, I think his 14 touches are going to be enough to get you to a cash game value with some touchdown upside. And if you want to take Patrick Laird as a as a tournament flyer, uh, he averaged something like 56 scrimmage yards a game in the last quarter of last year when he was functioning as a change of pace back. Uh, you know, Patrick Laird as a $4,000 tournament flyer. Somebody in this Dolphins backfield is going to be productive. You just got to pick who it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to fade the Dolphins backfield, if I'm being honest this week. I I understand maybe Jordan Howard and Cash, even though I would not recommend it. Um, definitely, I would fade this backfield in tournaments, but, you know, that's just my opinion. If I'm going to go with a minimum-priced running back, it's going to be Tony Pollard because all of a sudden, Ben, I don't know if you saw the news today while you were busy uh, becoming a successful lawyer, but Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott suddenly uh, looking like he might not play this week, which normally me and you would be rejoicing as Tony Pollard owners who have just been waiting to unleash him all week. But the week has come, so that's good for us. Unfortunately, it comes in a week where uh, Garrett Gilbert might be getting the start at quarterback and they're facing the vaunted Pittsburgh Steelers defense. So even with the matchup versus the Steelers and the low total in the game, Tony Pollard is a really, really talented running back where if you've been watching the Cowboys closely this year, he's been better than Zcash just from a raw football standpoint. So, you know, Pollard's got the talent to make some big plays out of the backfield. The matchup is not exciting, but I do like him at 4K more than, you know, trying to pick a random dolphin. But, you know, it's just my opinion. I, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I saw the question. We'll tag on Zeke, but you were correct. I was too busy, try, you know, trying to be a successful lawyer. Uh, I did not realize that Zeke was trending towards out. I sort of assumed Zeke was going to play. Yeah, so I, it might finally be Tony Pollard week, even though uh, I wish it was, you know, against like the the Giants instead of the Steelers. Obviously, it, it could honestly be against anybody else, and I think it would be a better matchup. I I hate playing running backs against the Steelers. Yeah. I completely agree, but you know, min price, he could certainly still get there. Oh, for sure. I mean, I mean, min price. I, you, I mean, you're almost looking at a lock there, but, but yeah, the he might actually is, be really chalky. Yeah, I mean, the matchup is bad, and it is Gary Gilbert, and the Cowboys' offensive line is not what it used to be with all the injuries. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't say lock, lock, but uh, if Zeke is out, I am throwing Pollard into most of my lineups for sure. Yeah. Okay. So we're in agreement there, and uh, with that, are you ready to move on to some wide receivers? Yeah, you got my boy. I'm going to let you take it. I, I love seeing this man at the top of the list. We haven't we, we barely said his name all year. Yeah, so I think it is finally time that we uh, talk about Stephon Diggs a little bit. Uh, Diggs hasn't truly gone off in like a giant Stephon Diggs way since week one. But, uh, you know, that's not too surprising. We did mention Josh Allen has cooled off a little bit. But he is still getting a plethora of targets in this offense each and every week. The Seahawks secondary, while they're getting um, – you know, Jamal Adams back, it's still not a safety. It's still not a defense that I'm going to shy away from. Stephon Diggs and his uh, very elite routes, as Bills fans have pointed out to me in the past. Um, I think he's <laughs> going to have a very good week this week. People are going to say it's expensive, which might keep his ownership down, even though I'm not going to be surprised if he's a little chalky in this matchup. But I do think this is a good week to uh, unleash Stephon Diggs in tournaments. Yeah, and I mean... The good thing about Stephon Diggs, too, is that he, he hasn't had a bad week yet this year. I mean, the offense really does go through him. So even if you wanted to throw him out in cash, that is perfectly acceptable. Um, but if Aaron's predicting a big blow-up week, then, uh, you know, tournaments lock and load as well. And, and it, I mean, if you're going to talk about my guy, I'm going to go ahead and, and lead off with your guy, and that's Keenan Allen. It's at seven grand. All right, um, do him justice. I, it, it's, it's a lot of money, I got to admit. It's a lot of money. But it is a fair price for Keenan Allen. That is the price at which his production has been. He had 12 and 13 targets the last two weeks. Uh, I mean, I want to talk about the offense going through Stephon Diggs. This offense absolutely goes through Keenan Allen. Uh, these guys are very similar receivers, very elite route runners. And uh, Justin Herbert obviously has just a, a great relationship with Keenan Allen. The matchup is good. Uh, the Raiders don't have a corner that can cover this man. 
there's no reason why Keenan Allen should not be, you know, a hundred plus scrimmage yards and maybe a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, we mentioned Keenan Allen's use in the passing game has been very, very uh, heavy. It's been 12 and 13 targets and man, watching that offense, Every single target, he is wide open. You can make the argument that these should be, he should be getting 17, 18 targets a game because every time they design a play for him, the play works and they get 15 to 20 yards on that play. So I would not be surprised if they just try to double down and get Keenan Allen even more involved because every time they go to the man, the play works. And it, it's just, the price is justified. He really is, I, I don't want to come across of too much of a homer, but Keenan Allen really is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And it's, it's just a shame he's on the chargers because he never gets talked about, but he really is really, really good. And, you know, he's been really productive in DFS the past two weeks. So I'm not going to hop off the bandwagon this week in a great matchup. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in on Keenan Allen again. Yeah. I mean, of course you are just, you guys wait until the chargers play somewhere with cold weather and we see Keenan Allen in the hoodie. Just you wait for that narrative. Oh, hoodie Keenan, dude. Update the rankings. I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. All right. Um, I'm, I'm ready to move on to the next guy. And I'm going to try to get in some sneaky guys who, while they are high priced and uh, might not be sneaky to other people, these are just guys I do think might go a little overlooked. And uh, they could be good tournament pivots away from guys that are in really good spots like Diggs and Allen. And the first guy I want to mention here is going to be Allen Robinson at 6,900. Look, as ugly as Nick Foles and the Bears offense has looked lately, there is a chance that we can chalk this up to matchups, Ben. I've looked at their game logs. I've looked at their matchups recently. Since Nick Foles has taken over, he's gotten games against teams like the Saints, the Rams, the Buccaneers, the Colts. All of those teams have respectable to like elite defenses. So there's a chance this cold stretch for the Bears can be attributed to really tough matchups. We know Allen Robinson is the Bears offense. We know they like to get him the ball a lot. This could be a blow-up game for Robinson against the Titans secondary, who I really, really like to pick on. I think he's going to go overlooked because it is expensive. The game log is ugly, and people are just out on Nick Foles right now. But I think this is a good chance to strike on a really elite player at low ownership this week. Yeah, I don't necessarily have a problem with that one. You can go ahead and go over your second guy as well. I know you have two, two guys sort of in the similar vein. Yeah, so another guy for pretty similar reasons is going to be Adam Thielen at 6,700. The game log has been a little brutal, uh, a little bit brutal lately. He's been a little boomer bust, which is unusual for Thielen. But uh, I do think Adam Thielen has a chance to blow up this week. Look, we know that Dalvin Cook is going to be what teams are going to be focused on when they play the Vikings from here on out. We saw him absolutely torch the Packers last week. So you would think that Matt Patricia and the Lions defense is going to be all in on stopping the run game and stopping Dalvin Cook this week, which I personally think will lead to a like deep play-action bomb to Adam Thielen early in the game. I think we're going to get a lot of play-action throughout the course of the game to Adam Thielen, which I think he could come in at low ownership just because of the game log. And uh, yeah, I think Adam Thielen is going to be pretty sneaky this week as a tournament option. You know, I, I agree so much with your premise that uh, I really like Justin Jefferson at 6,100 for the exact same reason. Uh, I'm going to admit this is tournament only for me because as boomer bust as Thielen has been, Justin Jefferson has been even more so. But uh, as, as a tournament option here, Detroit's young secondary situation and their defensive DVO just makes me think that DVOA, I'm sorry, just makes me think that Justin Jefferson is primed for 30 or more. He's already done it twice this year. If the ball is not going to Thielen, it's going to Jefferson. Kirk Cousins is so good at that deep ball accuracy. Um, I, I agree. I think the Lions are selling out for the run at, at certain points during this game, and they're just going to be caught napping. And we're going to look up, and one of these receivers is going to score two touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, that's how I'm playing it, too. Uh, I don't hate Justin Jefferson at all this week. I think the Vikings are very sneaky, which we'll get to later. The next guy that I suspect that we are both in on is going to be Brandon Cooks here at 5,500. Uh, I think Cooks very well could be the best overall value on the board this week at wide receiver. Uh, Ever since uh, not-so-little Romeo Cannell has taken over this team, Brandon Cooks has suddenly emerged as wide receiver one in this offense over Will Fuller. Uh, The last three times out, he's gotten nine targets, nine targets, and 12 targets, and he's turned all of those into pretty productive fantasy days. Look, we're in on the Texans' offense this week. Uh, Cooks will surely be pretty chalky, but look, he's going to be chalky for a good reason. So we really have to mention him. I do really like Brandon Cooks and cash this week, which is 
you know, really interesting considering he's a guy that, you know, put up a zero on us earlier this year, but all of a sudden Ben Cooks seems pretty reliable, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I am the Brandon Cooks defender. You don't have to, you don't have to sell me on anything. I've been, I've been saying it for three years that just because Brandon Cooks is small and fast, he has his reputation of being a boomer bust guy, and that's literally never what he's been. Uh, you know, in every year other than that weird Rams year with the offense that didn't ever work, he played all sixteen games and and put up more than a thousand receiving yards for like five straight years, and it looks like he's you know roughly on pace to do that again this year, and. For fifty five hundred, I mean, you're not getting guys like that. Um, it, I think it's, I think it's in part due to his early season struggles. The algorithm doesn't really like him very much. But you're right, nine, nine, and twelve targets. You've got to be in on this guy at fifty five hundred cash tournaments, whatever. Um, I'm playing him over Will Fuller, and because uh, last time against the Jaguars, Will Fuller only had four catches for sixty something yards, got saved by a touchdown. But Brandon Cooks, uh, better value, and I'm I'm locking and loading him this week. And if you don't like Brandon Cooks and you, you want somebody even safer, I think that Cole Beasley is even safer as far as a floor goes. Cole Beasley will not put a zero up on you the way that Brandon Cooks did to us earlier, and Cole Beasley is only $100 less. Uh, Aaron thinks the Bills are going to be throwing the ball to keep up with Russ. I think he's right, and I think Cole Beasley is, is safe, and he's going to get you 15 points. He's going to catch you know six passes for 75 yards. Uh, that's that's the Cole Beasley game, and that's what he's going to keep doing. Yeah, I also do like Beasley this week, especially if you have $5,400 left and you think the rest of your lineup is just absolutely perfect. Uh, I think Beasley will add a nice little 14 points to your lineup there. Might not be in the winning millionaire maker lineup, but you know you never know. And then I want to quickly mention, you know, I'm not completely out on Will Fuller. You know, this could be the week where we overlook Will Fuller, who is pretty expensive and he finally drops the absolute 40 burger against this terrible Jacksonville secondary, but you know, dollar for dollar cooks is probably the better play, but I'm not going to be out on fuller in tournaments uh, necessarily. And uh, yeah, with that, the next guy I want to mention is going to be Darnell Mooney. He's 3,900. He's a wide receiver for the bears. Look, Mooney played 81% of the snaps last week for the bears, which led all of their wide receivers actually. He's been getting a lot of targets lately, and all those targets have been down the field. They've been like trying to force feed big plays to this man. It hasn't necessarily been working out great yet, but I mentioned the tough matchups for the Bears. He's in a really good breakout spot here against the Titans secondary. I suspect the Bears offense will keep trying to force the ball to Mooney down the field to try to ignite this offense with some big plays. And at $3,900 in low ownership, if he can connect on two of those deep balls and put you put up 120 yards in a touchdown, now we're talking about a guy that could really vault you up the leaderboard in some tournaments this week. So I'm going to take a shot or two with Mooney at 3,900. Yeah, and I, I have no problem with a Mooney shot. If you're looking for another sort of value shot play, then Marvin Hall at 3,800 for the for the Lions is a, is a good one. He had seven targets last week after Kenny Galladay went down. Kenny Galladay is out for this week, and so Marvin Hall is going to be playing a lot of snaps on the outside. Danny Amendola is going to be relegated to the slot, as he usually is. Uh, Marvin Hill, uh, Hill, Marvin Hall is explosive and cheap, and he could definitely easily be value at this low price tag. So I think that a good question is, you know, for like for you to ask yourself through the whole week is how is how are the Detroit Lions going to move the ball down the field against the Vikings? Because you know that they are, and where can I find those points? Um, and I think Marvin Hall is definitely a piece of the puzzle there. Uh, I think there's other pieces of the puzzle for sure. But uh, I mean, I saw, you know, we saw two deep balls to Marvin Hall last week in his limited playing time. And I think that uh, that pattern may may continue against a pretty lackluster Viking secondary. Yeah, I definitely think there's a chance for Hall this weekend. With that, uh, let's go ahead and use this as a seamless transition to tight end where I think another piece to that puzzle Ben just talked about could be TJ Hawkinson this week for the Lions. Uh, we mentioned our boy Kenny Galladay is out this week. So I think this just increases uh, Hawkinson's target share in this offense. Matthew Stafford had another COVID scare, but he looks like he's ready to go. TJ Hawkinson has had 13 and 17 fantasy points his last two weeks out. And, uh, you know, that's pretty solid for a tight end position, which we have really struggled at this year. It's been really unpredictable, but I think Hawkinson does provide some stability in this position. He's 5,100, which is, you know, somewhat expensive, but it's not going to completely kill your lineup. So, yeah, I'm in on Hawkinson this week as another part of the Lions passing attack that, you know, could be somewhat safe this week. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think he gets a lot of the targets that used to go to Galladay. He's the closest thing to a physical freak on the on the field now. 
Uh, I mean, Marvin Jones is obviously Marvin Jones, but he's so boomer bust. I think Hawkinson is just going to be the safety valve. So I, I agree. Yeah, and if you don't like Hawkinson, uh, I am also a little bit in on Noah Fant this week at 4600 a little bit cheaper there than TJ. Look, Fant saw nine targets last week. He now gets the Falcons pedestrian defense in the Dome in Atlanta. I think the Broncos could be a little sneaky this week because nobody really likes to play the Broncos because they're not that exciting. But it is a matchup versus the Falcons, and Fant is in a good spot. And, you know, as far as tight ends goes, Fant does have some big play potential. He's, he is an athletic freak. Drew Locke does like to force the ball to him when they get down in the red zone. So I'm not going to be surprised if Fant scores a touchdown this week. So uh, at 4,600, I'm not opposed at all to some Noah Fant. Yeah, and if you're looking for another safe play, I think Evan Ingram is certainly in play this week, uh, 4,300. He's coming off games with 9 and 10 targets back-to-back, respectively. Uh, The Washington football team's defense is good, but as we've been preaching on this pod for all year, uh, tight end is not a position that they cover very well. Uh, I am probably going to fade Evan Ingram for this week specifically because I think there's upside elsewhere. But uh, throw him, you know, throw him in your cash lineup. He certainly won't kill you. And forty three hundred is a price I can stomach. Um, if if you are looking for upside, I think Jonu Smith is the upside. Thirty nine hundred. Uh, Adam Humphreys is out, so there goes Tannehill's safety valve. Uh, Jonu Smith is basically like the ultimate safety valve in that offense. And at thirty nine hundred. Uh, I don't know if you can really afford to miss out on the two touchdown upside that he that he presents. He's he, again he's working against a good Bears defense. This is the same philosophy as the football team, but they're not great against tight ends either. So if I can't pay up for Hawkinson, which is pretty likely in my tournaments, because I think I'm going to go pretty expensive at running back, um, then Jonu Smith is my favorite tight end for the week. Yeah, I mean Jonu Smith has been one of those really boomer bust tight ends all year. You know he's won us. Some uh, he's been really good for us in some weeks, and then he's definitely burned me in some other weeks. But you know, it's tied in, and if you're trying to win the tournament, John New Smith has the big play upside to do so. And uh, Ben, I've got some good news the Bengals are on a bye this week, so we cannot recommend Drew Sample and look like a bunch of fools <laughs> this week. Man, we were we really bought into that like nine target debut. That was yeah, unfortunate, it was like nine targets and a half. I was so excited, but. Whatever, uh, we're, we're going to move on from Juice Sample. And with that, I want to go into a, just a small little new segment that uh, we're going to call Stacks of the Week. Uh, quickly, I want to kind of summarize everything that we just talked about. And I want each of us to give out um, our favorite chalk stacks for cash. So the guys we know are probably going to be high-owned, but we think are worth playing anyway, especially in cash and maybe in tournaments. And then also I want to give out a couple of our favorite sneaky you know, tournament flyer under the radar, low ownership stacks that we think could uh, work out this week. So I'm going to let you start us off here with your uh, kind of chalky guys that you're in on this week, despite the high ownership. I know we agree here, so I'm going to I'm going to keep this short. But it's it's the Houston Texans are my favorite chalk stack for this week, uh, especially something like Watson Cooks Fuller or maybe even Watson Cooks Cobb, something like that. But Watson Cooks for sure. Um, and then you can you can fill in your third guy as you see fit. Uh, I'm going to avoid the tight ends for this week because Jordan Akins is back, and I don't know what that dynamic is going to be like. But uh, Watson and, t- and whatever two of the wide receivers you can afford for sure is my favorite um, air attack offensive stack. Yeah, and uh, similar there, my favorite chalk stack this week are going to be the Texans and the Los Angeles Chargers. Look, the Chargers are going to be high on for a reason. Um I forgot to mention this when we mentioned Keenan Allen at the top. I praise Keenan Allen a lot at the top. He is actually questionable. It just popped up today, last second on the injury report, that he is battling an illness. It doesn't sound like it's COVID because they didn't mention anything about the COVID IR, but you, it's, it's going to be tough also because it's a late kickoff. So important to note, if you build a lineup and it has Keenan Allen in it, uh, make sure Keenan Allen is in your flex spot if possible. So if he does get ruled out last second, you have more options to pivot there since he's in the flex spot, not in the wide receiver spot. But uh, hopefully we'll get word early in the day if Keenan Allen is healthy. I suspect battling an illness in a game the Chargers have to have that Keenan Allen will be ready to go unless he just is on the verge of death. But I do want to mention that. But Assuming he's good to go, yeah, the Chargers are going to be one of my favorite chalky stacks. Uh, Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, they're going to be high-owned, but they're going to be high-owned for a reason. So, yeah, lock and load those guys. Watch out for Keenan Allen possibly having the flu. But with that, Ben, uh, who is kind of your sneaky guys this week that you think could uh, win you a tournament at low ownership? 
Yeah, you know, I think I have to defer to your your judgment here because I think my fan goggles may be clouding me. But uh, when you said sneaky low own, my my first thought was the Bills, uh, Allen Diggs, and then one of John Brown or Cole Beasley, especially John Brown though, because I think he'll, you know, I recommended him last week and it didn't work out. But John, the John Brown breakout game is coming that I'm sure of, and he's always cheap. Um, so I mean, do you think that the Bills are going to be chalky this week, or do you think they're going to be they're going to be pretty low owned? It's hard for me to get a read on them as a fan of the team. I honestly, I think they're going to be somewhere in between sneaky and chalk. I don't think they're going to be, you know, 20, 30%. And I don't think they're going to be like 4%. So in tournaments, I would expect like probably like 10, maybe 11, 12% on, you know, like the Josh Allen dig stack. So I think that qualifies as somewhat sneaky. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and throw that one out there. And then my second one is definitely the Vikings, uh, Cousins, Thielen, Justin Jefferson, I think that the the receivers specifically are going to be even more low-owned low because they're both expensive. Um, so if you really wanted to throw out a contrarian stack there, uh, definitely Cousins and those two receivers. Sort of the same thing applies to the Falcons, but uh, I, I just trust the Vikings offense against the Lions a little bit more. Yeah, we're in agreement there because I also have the Vikings as my uh, one of my sneaky stacks of the week. Look, I just I just think it's a good spot. I think they're going to have to load up to stop Dalvin Cook, and I think the Vikings' offense is crafty enough to take advantage of it, and they're back at home where that offense just it clicks a lot more. They put up a lot more points. And my other sneaky stack, I'm not saying this team will go out and win you a tournament, but I'm saying if you are making multiple lineups, I am not opposed to running out a Bears stack in one of my lineups. I Nick Foles is very cheap. I mentioned Mooney is very cheap. It will let you do a lot of other really fun stuff with the rest of your lineup. And uh, I mentioned I do like Allen Robinson this week. He's going to be low-owned. So the Bears are another team I think could be super sneaky. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Bears and Vikings there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not mad at that. And uh, and with that, that's going to be the our, our little stack of the week segment. Um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll be doing that going forward. But uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited to get to the bets. I, I definitely liked the board this week a little bit more than last week. How, how did you feel about it? I also really like the board. I mean, I only ended up with four bets, but man, like if we had like $2,000 to bet this week, like I had a lot of straight bets that I could have made. I could have teased a lot of games in a lot of different directions. Uh, Yeah. So I I definitely like the board this week. And with that, uh, Ben, I'll let you go ahead and take the first one this week. Lead us off here. All right, my, my first one is is nothing complicated. Uh, it's just a straight bet. Ravens on the Ravens spread, so it's going to be Ravens minus one, which is minus one fifteen odds at the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I'm going to be betting one hundred fifty dollars to win one hundred thirty here. I just think the Ravens are a way more complete team. Uh, I'm not scared of the Colts defense as much as I as I was with the Steelers. I, of course, I I acknowledge the Colts defense is very good, but I think the Steelers is better, and and the Ravens still move the ball against them. I think Lamar Jackson just has to clean up on the mistakes he made in that week, and they'll they'll come they'll coast through this game because uh, the Baltimore defense is just too fast, too athletic for Philip Rivers. He he floats the ball too much. Somebody's going to go ball hawk and make a play. Uh, the big news is that Ronnie Stanley is out. You know, arguably the best le- left tackle in the game, but DJ Fluker is is really honestly no slouch in the run game. Uh, he's just a big, imposing, mauling tackle, and so I think that the line reflects a little bit too much of the injury. So. Go ahead and give me the Ravens by a point. I think the ground game works. I think Lamar Jackson runs all over this defense. And I think that the the Ravens defense, you know, shows up mad, angry, and ready to play against the Colts. Yeah. Oh, man. The DJ Fluker reference. Uh, Charger legend DJ Fluker, man. If there's anything I can tell you about DJ Fluker, having watched him on the Chargers for many of the years, um, he is like minus 250 to be laying on the ground early in the second quarter with a knee injury. <laughs> That man does not make it through a full game without limping to the sideline. So just be on the lookout for a very large man limping to the sideline uh, in a Ravens jersey tomorrow. But yeah, uh, I would I would probably be in on it with you if I hadn't wagered on Lamar Jackson last week and that just been very tilting watching him turn the ball over. But I do think the Ravens are the correct side in that game, and I do like that bet for you. And with that, my first bet of the week is going to be yet another two-team, six-point teaser. I'm going to take the Panthers all the way up to plus 16 and a half uh, versus the Chiefs. And I'm going to take the Houston Texans down to minus one against the Jaguars. So I'm going to bet the standard 120 to win $100. Look, the Chiefs are missing some key guys this week on both sides of the line. 
Um, Sammy Watkins is also out, which is less important. But this is more a bet on the Panthers' offense bouncing back this week. They've got Christian McCaffrey back. Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore are both healthy, ready to go. Teddy Bridgewater is good to go. The Panthers' offense is coming off 10 days of rest, 10 days of preparation. I think this offense is just too talented to have two bad weeks in a row. They had a very surprisingly lackluster game against the Falcons last week. I don't think that happens again here. I think it could potentially be a letdown spot for the Chiefs, so uh, I definitely think the Panthers keep it within 17 points here. And then, uh, look, I'm in on the Houston Texans this week to win this game. Uh, I think they're overall just better than the Jaguars. Gardner Minshew out while you know he's certainly not Peyton Manning or anything. He is probably the best quarterback on this team. The Jaguars are in full-on tank-for-Trevor mode. So, uh, yeah, I think Deshaun Watson will have more than enough time to make the plays down the field this weekend. I very much think the Texans win this game versus the Jaguars. So, yeah, give me the Panthers-Texans teaser this week, 120 to win 100. Yeah, fully agree with you on the Texans. Uh, I, I'm a little hesitant on the Panthers. I, I, I had this same teaser actually sort of prepped before I even saw you put it on here, but um, couldn't do it because I, I have some weird feeling that the Chiefs are just never going to stop scoring in this game. So uh, that was my only reservation, but I definitely think it's a, it's a solid teaser and should be a winner for you. 17 points is a lot of points. Yeah, I mean, I also do not think the Chiefs will stop scoring, but I think the Panthers just the Panthers offense does enough to keep it within 17. So, uh, yeah, uh, what's your next winner for a spin? I, I too actually have a two team six point teaser. Um, I'm I'm doubling down on the Bears. They burned me hard last week, but I'm doing it again. Uh, the Bears are going to be plus 12 and a half, and I'm going to go ahead and take the Dolphins at plus 11 as well against the Cardinals. So, uh, this is a minus 120 teaser. I'm going to be betting 150 here as well to win 125. Um, I just don't see the Bears burning me again against the Titans. I don't think the Titans secondary is good enough to to make it so that the Bears offense is, is quite as bad as they were last week. Uh, I just really like taking teams with elite defenses as the underdog in teasers because the chance of them being down by two scores is fairly low. So I'll just take the points and, you know, roll with it in this presumably low scoring game. Um I'll also take the Dolphins in Arizona. I, the Dolphins have just really shown up this year, and I, I like the way their their offensive line has performed, their defense has performed, just the way they've been playing as a unit. Tua is pretty unknown. The backfield is a mess, but, I mean, that's why I'm getting 11 points because if, you know, if Tua was a certified stud and they had Miles Gaskin back there, I don't think I would be getting plus 11. So uh, that's my two-team teaser to uh, contrast with Aaron's. Yeah, I uh... I like it. I don't love it. I'm a little hesitant to put Tua in teasers quite yet, but uh, I understand your reasoning for it. The Dolphins' defense has been pretty solid lately. Um, I am with you on the Bears so much so that I might even be a little more confident on the Bears than you are because I'm going to take them straight up at the plus 6.5 this week against the Tennessee Titans on the road. Look, I think the Bears' offense does have a temporary and it might just be temporary, but I think it does happen this week. It's an awakening this week for the Bears offense. This is a really bad Titans defense. I'm not going to stop picking on this Titans defense right now. I The Bears defense is a unit that I just trust, even against a top five Titans offense. I think the Bears can outright win this game. I honestly believe that. So since I do believe that, I'm definitely going to take them plus the six and a half. That's a lot of points for a team that I trust the defense and think the offense can move the ball this week. So. Yeah, it's only minus 105, so give me 105 to win 100 on the Bears plus 6.5 this week. I just I had a mental image of the Bears offense as like that Squidward meme where his eyes just like shoot open in bed. Where he's <laughs> like, they're like super bloodshot, they just, they just fly open. That, or, that was pretty good. Or it's the one of like the wrestler uh, popping out of the, uh, out of the coffin, but it's just Nick Foles and the Bears offense for one week. <laughs> Uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you're obviously a little more confident than I am, and that's that's fine. I, I, I don't know. I'm just scared of getting burned by the Bears two weeks in a row. Obviously, you do not share the same fear that I do. Um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and get right into my my three-team money line parlay. Um, this is going to be the Chiefs, the Texans, and the Seahawks. Uh, this parlay goes up to plus 153, so I'm going to be betting 100 to win 153. Uh, basically this is my way of trying to get the best odds on a Seahawks victory who I, and I think the Seahawks are going to end up pulling off this game. I think it's going to be high scoring. Uh, Jamal Adams is back and he's definitely a difference maker. Uh, We saw him with the jets. He can at times function as an entire defense by himself. Um, the bills really don't have a tight end for him to cover. I mean, Dawson Knox is back, but he's, he's 
not really a factor in an offense yet at this point in his career. So I think Jamal Adams could just ball hawk the interception prone Josh Allen. Um, I trust the Seahawks more, uh, especially if it comes down to, you know, last drive of the game wins. I definitely trust Russell Wilson. The Chiefs aren't even a concern. They should definitely beat the Panthers. And I could see the Texans blowing it, but I definitely like the way they've been playing under Lil Romeo. So go ahead and give me the plus 153 odds for a a three-team parlay, which is pretty low odds for three teams, but they're all heavy favorites, and they're all heavy favorites for a reason, with the exception of the Seahawks. Yeah, I mean, I agree with all three of those picks right there, so I do think that is a winner for you. Um, My biggest bet of the week is going to be this one, and it's going to be another two-team six-point teaser. And it's going to be over 46 in the Raiders versus Chargers game. So the total is originally 52. I'm going to take it all the way down to 46 and say it goes over. And then I'm going to once again back the, back the Texans minus one. This is going to be my big bet. I'm going to bet 240 to win 200. Look, I mentioned it. Joey Bosa is probably not going to play. Casey Hayward has been up in the air all week, so there's a chance he doesn't play. Those are the Chargers' two best defensive players. So obviously if they don't play, the Raiders are going to move the ball with even more ease than I think they already would. Um, Justin Herbert is going to light up this defense once again. Look, I mentioned it. Keenan Allen does have an illness this week. If he's out, I don't love it as much, but I still think it would go over 46 regardless. I'm going to throw in the Texans minus one again. I'm, you know, I don't think the Texans are great. So do I, you know, I'm throwing them in two teasers might seem aggressive, but look, I fully believe Jacksonville is in full tank mode and they will be taking a fat L this week. So this is more of an anti-Jacksonville bet more than anything. So yeah, it's going to be my biggest bet of the week over 46 in a SoFi and then uh Texans minus one. I'm, I'm back at it again with my teasers. Man, it's so sad that the Texans with their record being what it is, just can't even be in tank mode the way that Jacksonville can. they Man, Bill yeah. O'Brien. Well, I mean, they don't have any picks to tank for, so I guess no, that's, I, that, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's just, <laughs> dear, dear God. Um, all right, my so my last bet of the week. It's gonna be another three leg parlay. Uh, it's but it's really two legs, and you'll see why. Uh, I'm taking the Chiefs Panthers over 52. Again, I mentioned I kind of don't think the Chiefs are ever gonna stop scoring in this game, so I'm gonna take the over 52 total. Um, I'm gonna take the Seahawks minus three against the Bills. So this time I'm taking the spread instead of the money line. And I'm just going to take the Steelers money line at Jerry World. They are like minus 1,400 favorites. So I'm really just putting that in there to, to increase the odds a little bit. This this three-leg parlay goes up to plus 311, which I think are, is pretty good odds, you know, all things considered. Uh, so I'm going to bet my last $100 to win $311. Um, you know, I sort of went over my, my reasoning a little bit, but Chiefs just think – are not going to stop scoring. I think that this game has a much better chance to finish like 38, 24 chiefs than it does 28 to 21 chiefs. Uh, and people, Aaron's correct. People have been sleeping on the Panthers weapons all year. That offense is too good to have two bad weeks in a row. So I, I'm not as scared of the Chiefs' secondary, even though they are better this year than I expected. And then as far as the Seahawks against the spread goes, um, Carlos Dunlap is like a real pass rusher and they just traded for him and he's going to be active for the first week this week. Uh, he and Jamal Adams are both suiting up. I think those guys can be huge for this defense. They really needed help at both of those positions. So I think maybe there's a chance that the Seahawks are just a more complete team now, but um, I- I'm sort of taking a gamble on on them showing that this week before everybody picks up on it. So um, yeah, that's, that's my, that's my three leg parlay. That's really two legs because the Steelers should absolutely beat the Cowboys with every ounce of vitriol in their Yinzer veins. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I do like this parlay for you, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. I think this could be a pretty good week for you. I kind of like all the bets you have jotted down this week. So, with that, I'm gonna go to my last um, bet of the week. Look, I only have thirty five dollars left to spend this week in our little segment here. So, I'm gonna go with another, you know, high odds parlay, which I hit last week. I'm gonna try to hit another one. So, this one's gonna be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus four on Sunday Night Football, Seattle Seahawks money line, Arizona Cardinals money line. I'm going to bet my remaining $35 to win 119 there, so a pretty good payout for me. Look, I've been really impressed by this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team all year long. I have not been very impressed by the Saints all year long. Uh, I think Antonio Brown's a bigger addition than people think. I think he's going to have a pretty nice game here. The Bucs O-line has been playing really well all year. I think Brady's going to have time to throw. Look, this is the biggest game of the year for the Bucs. It's, it's at home. It's a revenge game against the Saints who beat them week one. If they win this, they'll have an outright path to win the division. 
So I think the Buccaneers empty the tank here and get the win. I think they do it by more than four points. Uh, for a lot of the same reasons that Ben mentioned, I do like the Seahawks over the Bills this week. Look, I think this game is going to be close. And if it's a close game, I just trust Russell Wilson more in the fourth quarter than I do Josh Allen. And then a bet I feel really good about is going to be the Cardinals' money line. Look, uh, the Dolphins' defense has improved this year, but I mentioned they can be had on the run in the run game. So I think Chase Edmonds and Kyler Murray both have big days on the ground. And then look, the Cardinals' defense, it's not a lead, but they are very stingy in the red zone. And a young quarterback like Tua, I think he might have issues in the red zone turning uh, – those red zone opportunities into actual touchdowns. I think not having Miles Gaskin will hurt them quite a bit because Jordan Howard or Patrick Laird, neither one of them are that special. So I think the Cardinals get away with the victory there. So uh, yeah, I'm going to bet 35 to win 119 there in my uh, longer shot parlay this week. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I hope we can split the uprights on this, uh, this Dolphins Cardinals one. I hope that the, <laughs> the Dolphins can lose by less than, 11 11 yeah i think there's a pretty good chance that could happen but yeah i guess that's the only place we really disagree this week yeah that it, it does look like it and you know as much as much fun as it is disagreeing with you week to week uh it's sort of nice for us to be on the same page it gives me a little vote of confidence i also like your bets this week i think we both have a have a good chance to to profit for the fifth week in a row and uh, unless you got anything else i think we should probably just go ahead and get out of here yeah man it looks like we are missing an instant classic right now between clemson and Notre dame the uh, we started recording at the beginning of the fourth quarter. They are now in overtime, so I think we missed a we missed an epic fourth quarter there. But I had just as much fun recording this podcast as I would have watching that game. So, uh, yeah, I think it was another uh, fun podcast. I'm excited for another Sunday full of football. And, uh, yeah, man, reach out to us on Twitter at Cash Landing Pod. Send us all your winnings. Uh, tell us which bets that you're backing. And uh, with that, let's go catch the very end of this overtime game, I would say. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so, yep. I mean, basically, what he said. Uh, make sure leave five stars if you if you really appreciate it. Uh, if if our advice leaves you leads you to a winning lineup, we would truly love to see it. And uh, and with that, I guess uh, I'm just gonna say goodbye and and see you next time. Yep. Good luck. <laughs>